where Steve Vines belongs. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going out in a half. The floor is yours. Or if I, ha- I was Jeremy Clarksman, I'd punch you in the face. <laughs> I and I wouldn't complain. <laughs> and you yeah. wouldn't complain. I'll tell no. you what, though, quickly on that one. <laughs> the, the BBC haven't got much of a choice on this one, have they? I, I really don't think so. I mean, there may have been, and this is astonishing, a million people signing I know. a petition I mean, it's... saying keep Jeremy. But, you know, if they had kept him, they would basically be saying there's one rule for one set of BBC employees and another rule for the really famous blokes. Which takes us nicely on to what we're saying. I hope you brought your copy of Animal Farm with you today. (laughs) Yes. We're studying Squealer this morning. Yes. Four legs bad. Yeah, Um, absolutely. We're all equal. It's just that we're we're all equal. equal Yes, yes, yes. I I, I wasn't actually going to say this, but I, I, I just want to just remind people in case anyone has vaguely forgotten. Everybody in Hong Kong is equal... Um, before the law, unless you're really important. Or loaded. Or loaded. Just just saying. Just so you know. We're, we're still waiting to hear the outcome of the Donald and investigation, poor, for example. Yeah, what's, the... what, what's going on there, yeah. But but as I suppose the week's news, I don't suppose, I know the week's news, has been dominated by the, the death of Lee Kuan Yew. And uh, um, if you read the Hong Kong media, you would think that... Um, <coughs> How can I put this? At least God had, um, you know, ceased to walk the earth anymore. But but what interests me, uh, and, and perhaps this is a slightly different angle, but it certainly is an angle that many of the commentators have taken, is they're going, oh, oh you know, if only we had a Lee Kuan Yew in Hong Kong. If only we had the smack of firm government here. If only we had a real hard-line chap in charge who could, you know, kick all his opponents in the ghoulies and make them shut up. Well... Think about that, boys. What is it you're actually saying? You're saying that Hong Kong would be a much diminished place if there was no freedom of the press, if there wasn't an independent judiciary, if there wasn't an active parliamentary opposition rather than gerrymandering all the borders of your um, constituencies to make sure that the opposition can never win a seat. Are you really saying? Because if you are, you ought to say it. Be proud. Get up and say it on your hind legs mm. and say Hong Kong would be a better place without all these things. Oh, you might have to might have to concede that half of the international companies that have settled here precisely because there is independence of judiciary, precisely because there is freedom of speech, will disappear. But hey, you boys know best. You know how to keep Hong Kong strong and active by having a, a, a sort of mini dictatorship. And then think, then think, can you imagine... I find this hard to say, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. Can you imagine giving Lan Chung Ying, old 689, the sort of powers that rested in the hands of Lee Kuan Yew, or indeed of his son, who is the current Prime Minister? Mm. Can you just imagine giving somebody like that those sort of draconian powers? And just think how he would use them. I pause for no more than a second. I wonder if what they're really getting at is something between... Lee Kuan Yew and what we have in Hong Kong. I think you know where they're going with this. I know exactly where they're going. What they're going with this is that everybody who who doesn't support the government should shut up and behave. Yes. You know, everybody who isn't um, um, going out there and campaigning for rigged elections should shut up and behave. But isn't that what a bunch of people were told a few months ago in Admiralty? They were indeed. And what a great success. What a great success there has been in the aftermath. Uh, Incidentally, Talking of Occupy Central or Occupy Hong Kong or the Umbrella or Movement... Or Pike, I have no breakfast, yeah. You have... <laughs> we'll come to that later. <laughs> um, uh, we're still waiting 
for the, the great dossier of evidence of how all this was organised by foreigners and foreign organisations. But it's not an appropriate named, time, Steve. It's not an appropriate... I, I mean, sorry. it can't be, because that's oh, what... Thank you for reminding me of that. I thought, I thought that six months... We, we've now passed six months in which the evidence, conclusive evidence, conclusive evidence, was going to be presented, hasn't been presented. All we have is Regina Rip going around going... Oh, People couldn't have done that. It must have been done by other people. You know, it's very good in fascination. <laughs> the person who, who who says she's qualified to lead Hong Kong has such a dismal view of Hong Kong people that if anything gets organised, she's well, Hong Kong people can't have done that. Yeah, Tony Abbott. Thanks, sen- Regina. Tony Abbott sends a postal order for fifty dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tony Abbott. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, if, don't if knock it. She, if she, he's your role model, I know. Well, she, she could end up being the El Primo one day. She could. She says she could. In fact, she's well, she she's campaigning then. for it night <laughs> she and day. She's 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 very mod- modestly saying there's nobody better than qualified than me. Now, there's a beautiful irony floating around at the moment. I can't quite get my head around what it might be. Yesterday, if you don't like the naughty pandems, vote them out. Quote unquote. The last. Bit in yes. English. This is from today. Let's sit this down. This is talk from Mister Lung. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Lung Kwan Yu, but <laughs> we are talking about no none other than the chief executive, and this is the chief executive talking yesterday. I think it was to a business lunch because he only really talks to business lunches or, or, or those man, sort of things. Man got to eat. eat. Man got to eat, and you know I'm I'm all for it. But uh, if I was a leader of the pan-democrats camp, I would be down on my knees saying, Mr Lang, please, more remarks disparaging us, more remarks telling people not to vote for bring us. Bring it because, on. Bring it on, because this is what we need to kickstart our election campaign for LegCo, because all you need is Lan Chung Ying to say, I don't like it. And a lot of people are going to sit there and go, what is it he doesn't like? Because we want to do the other thing. Right, let's go to something that's in the news this morning, similar, wording, wording. Uh, basically, the story is, he says, pan-democrat lawmakers shouldn't deprive people of a chance to vote on the next leader in 2017. Well, here we go, once again, the finger is waggling, you'll pay the price. Yeah. Don't say we didn't warn you. And we've yeah. seen that many, many yeah. times. Well, this is, this is entirely the, the line that comes out from the administration and it's many, many accolades um, all over the place who are saying, the Democrats, he's saying, what an irony. The Democrats are going to deprive us of democracy. How is that right? And what they're saying is, unless they all swallow their collective whatever it is you can swallow, and I can't think of the image that is appropriate, and vote in favour of a system that they say is rigged, that the majority of Hong Kong people know is rigged and know isn't even vaguely democratic, they will have deprived Hong Kong of democracy. I mean, <laughs> you've got you to gotta think about that for more than half a second to know there is something wrong with that. If somebody could explain to me, and, and I'm trying to be serious here, why having a system under which you cannot actually choose who you vote for is a democratic advance. If somebody, in words that I could understand, no, could we've... explain that, I'd say, well, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. At least it is one person, one vote. But, you know, they have one person, one vote in Pyongyang, in, in, in North Korea. And he gets it and every do, time. And, and what amazing, a coincidence. That, what a coincidence. The, the, the Communist Party, it's not called the Communist Party there, but that's what it is. Beautiful always people's wins. democratic. So, you know, I mean, for God's sake, let, let, let's have an adult discussion about this. Of course, Lan Chung Ying who's been challenged to a debate, says he can't possibly have a debate because his opponents will disagree with him. Um, think about that. Mm. Mm. Sometimes I've, heard, I've, I've actually been to debates where 
both sides are in disagreement. That's pretty boring, though. That is so boring. The, the use of words I'm interested in here. This goes on in our news stuff this morning. It said, um, where are we? The people of Hong Kong are, um, are sort of pragmatic and sensible. That was it. Well, I think the people of Hong Kong are pragmatic Rational and sensible. and pragmatic, yeah, excuse I, me. I, I, the, this word, Steve, it keeps me, getting me and, trawled me and, out. Me and CY agree on this. That's why they don't like him. <laughs> I'd, hit, I'd hit the button right now if I could, but we've got ten more minutes. To no, but this word is used all the time. These, it is. These, these words are in you know, the book. Pragmatic is pragmatic. pragmatic is a weasel. Pragmatic is a weasel word used by the government and its supporters for support everything that we say. That's pragmatic. It's not pragmatic to think of an alternative. It's a boring but word, you know, and it keeps getting progress, used. Uh, let me just be a bit historic about this. All progress in in human affairs has been achieved by people not being in inverted commas pragmatic it's exactly. by thinking of the future thinking of possibilities the current state of affairs is fine but if you want to make progress you've got to think ahead and that's what people are doing when they they look at these constitutional reform proposals they say they will stick hong kong into a rigid cage under which elections will be known to mean you can elect anybody who the communist party chooses now we've, no, we've seen that system we actually have seen it in in all sorts of places and it produces the result that it produces which is a sort of semi-dictatorship so is it pragmatic to accept that i I really don't think so. Do you smell fear? I, 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 I smell actually something rather more <laughs> sinister than fear. Fear? God, that's for the that's for the wimps. Yeah, I knew what you. I what I what I really um, think is happening now is the emergence of of the the true inner thug that that, that that's always lurked within Lan Chongying and certainly lurks within his masters. Let's go who, to an email. You know, who want to who 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 don't just want to have a a disagreement with the Democrats. They want to see them behind bars. Now, it's all this psyops that's going on, all this yeah. sort of... Em we'd call it emotional blackmail if we were having a fight amongst each other. You know, yes. you'll pay the price. If these guys don't behave, you, the people, mm -hmm. will... W waggy finger. Anyway, let's go to one from Chris. Good morning, Chris. He said, and what about the not-so-veiled threat of calling out the PLA? Well, that's... I mean, this is what I'm talking about, the inner thug. You know, it, 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 it's... it's We've reached a stage now where, first of all, you have the accusations and this lays the ground for calling in the PLA or for doing all things first of all if you can present the whole argument as one between rational sane people i.e. anybody who supports the government and foreign influenced subversive blah blah blahs you then say well you know i suppose we better call in the PLA because you know we've got foreign influences at work in hong kong we've got we, we saw over the weekend they start talking about isil coming into hong kong give me a break um you know i mean you get more and more hysterical in your condemnation of your opponents, and that gives you not only the psychological, but in their minds, the de jure grounds for bringing in a much harsher form of repression. I mean, Hong Kong, and I think we must keep emphasising this, at the moment still has freedom of speech. I mean, we're talking at Plainly. the moment on, on an open radio station, the sort of thing you couldn't do in Singapore, the sort of thing you most certainly well, couldn't you could do across once. the border. You could once. Well, I don't know. I think they'd cut off the broadcast, frankly. Oh, that's true, yeah. They would. They would. So, you know, I mean, we're in... Oh, sorry. Did, did, um, oh, someone's just dragging me out. <laughs> but, you know, let's preserve what we've got. Let's value what we've got. Let's not be so sort of 
casual about saying, oh, well, those things don't really matter. Boy, they do. They certainly do. They certainly do indeed. But what about, uh, you know, the thing about the PLA, take it a bit further, bring in the, bring in the element of the police as well. And where, where we are now with this argy-bargy that's going on all over town in the new territories, etc. Well, I'm actually more worried about the police than I am about the PLA because one of the things that, that, that was most definitely the pride of Hong Kong was the existence of a non-politicised, independent um, police force. Under um, its current um, chief, the police force has become highly politicised and is being, I assume, groomed for being even more politicised in the future. So these are, these are extremely worrying signs. Anybody who's complacent about this needs to wake up, I think. Mm. I mean, I know that Andy Zhang, the, the current police chief, is, is going. He's being shrouded in praise by, by all the comrades. But um, who's, who's, who's coming after him? I, I'm not quite sure. I think it is, as night follows day, going to be another highly political police chief. Andy, Andy Chung himself, of course, will, will, will go on and serve on all these committees and we'll see what we already know, actually, uh, which party he's been supporting for the last few years. You know, you could look at... There have been all sorts of allegations levelled here. I mean, you could, you could say it's highly politicised. Now, is there something we're missing in the middle? We pers- it seems to... It looks highly politicised... To, well, to Joe Punter. You, you have to, I mean, you know, <laughs> as ever, the evidence is in, in what you see. I mean, the way that demonstrations are being policed, what's ignored and what's acted against tells you about the politicisation of the police force. So if you have <clears throat> a bunch of thugs turning up at a democratic demonstration and beating up people and the police say they can't see that happening, it's a sign going to get to what I thought was a a letterbox from Viz, but uh, apparently it's not. It was published in our newspaper this morning. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Carrying on from where we were after the news, Danny Gittings joining us just for a second. Uh, Danny, I'll tell you about uh, Backchat tomorrow in a while, but I'm glad you turned up early, because there's some interesting stuff going on, isn't there? Yes, it is, because the Chief Executive's been in the Legislative Council, and you've had the normal fireworks. Um, uh, Lung Kwok Hung said, um, made comments about his daughter, saying, well, first you kick your daughter out of your house, and then now you're trying to kick the pan Democrats out. Um, but I think the most interesting thing I've s- seen so far was uh, another of the Democrats, uh, Hel- Helena Wong, said to him, um, do, do you think um, North Korea is a democracy? Uh, and, and Myanmar I mentioned as well, but obviously attention folks being in North Korea. He said, well, there, any, any country that um, implements uh, these systems according to their laws is democracy. Um, yeah. So it's a rather Would unfortunate you quote, it? I would I mean, have thought. Just yeah. before the break, we, we were chatting on here in the n- normal high, highfalutin intellectual way, and I said as a joke, you know, are they, is is anybody going to seriously suggest that North Korea is a democracy? Little did I know... Then the shopkeeper sitting, appeared. Sitting in the Legislative <laughs> Council chamber was this rather tall fellow who's got 689 votes to his name, saying, oh, yes, 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 yes. North Korea, North Korea, that sounds like a, my kind of democracy. It's very dangerous to make jokes in Hong Kong these days, Steve, because they have a habit of going true. <laughs> I, I know, it's that careful of what this you wish right, for, you, isn't uh, it? This is you have to close down uh, your satirical magazine, right? Uh, because there's nothing beats the, beats the reality of life. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, well, nothing beats the reality of life. I've always... I've always Let me chuck it the other side. Are these fair comparisons? They're natural comparisons, especially if somebody wants to ask that question. But is this a devil in the deep blue sea job? Well, I wonder. I wonder. I mean, it, it is now the case that, that the government, using public money, incidentally, is, is, is carrying out this enormous campaign for its, um, its views on what is and what isn't democracy. 
And I, I think what is what they've been highly successful in doing is actually turning the whole debate into saying, well, democracy is whatever we say it is. Well, it's not actually what they say it is, it's what the Chinese Communist Party says it is. And they're saying, not only that, but they actually keep lying about things. They keep saying, oh, well, the majority of people agree with us. There, there isn't, in fact, any conclusive polling evidence in Hong Kong whatsoever that the majority of people agree with them, but they repeat the big lie. And as you know, the more you repeat the big lie, people start to believe you. So in many ways... I actually think, for once, they've got smart. And they're, they're I mean, it's disgraceful what they're doing. I mean, it, it, you, you know, it reminds me of this, this, this shameful way that, that Netanyahu managed to, to get re-elected. Well, he, he, he won the election and... Um, With a big lie. You look at C.Y. Long, he's in a stronger position than he was a year ago. I mean, I don't think anyone denies that. Um, it's, it's very interesting. We had a quite a long discussion about this on Backchat this morning, and obviously we'll, in the light of C.Y. Long's uh, comments to the Council, we'll be returning to, to it tomorrow. But um, um, various analysts were just, just saying, I mean, as, um, as long as he keeps um, the core... He doesn't even have to keep all of the pro-establishment camp on his side. We had James Teen on on the, um, the radio this morning criticising him. Others like Chen Yun-Han and Jiang Yun-Sing are, are, um, are clearly very unhappy. She, Chen Yun-Han came out and criticised him yesterday as well. But um, as long as he keeps the core of the DAB and so on on his side, um, which he can basically do through um, getting Beijing to send them orders, then that's enough. I'll tell you what I want to ask you about. Earlier on, Steve also said, uh, well, we still don't know what this insidious foreign influences are. And don't forget, at the appropriate time, you'll be told. So this is based on what we, we perceive to be speculation because we don't know, right? And there's another thing here that keeps coming up, Danny. He also insisted the majority agreed Hong Kong's universal suffrage should be in line with the framework laid down by Beijing. Now, the majority, that's like how long is a piece of string? I don't think, I mean, uh, the, the opinion the polls have repeatedly people. shown actually the majority are very strongly opposed to the, um, uh, the framework laid down by Beijing. I mean, they're two different questions. Are you opposed to that? And the opinion polls show the majority are opposed to that. And then will you accept, nonetheless, accept this as better than nothing? And on that, the polling evidence is much more uh, equivocal. And you can argue maybe the, some polls show that people are in favour of the pocket strategy. But there's certainly no poll has ever showed that people are actually enthusiastic about it or like I it. I think that's right. I mean, the, the, this comes back to the big lie. You know, the big lie is interpreting data that you have just to suit whatever, you know, whatever you feel is going to be most amenable to your, your argument. Well, the problem here is obviously surveys. Surveys are just by their very nature flawed because somebody somewhere is paying for it. Well, there's that. There's that. I mean, I, I, I don't think that um, opinion polling in Hong Kong is fundamentally flawed. I think that there I mean, it's is probably a lot more professional. Than what, I mean, you and I have been here yes. a long time. It's a lot more professional than it was ten or twenty years yes, ago. Yes. And um, uh, people uh, like Robert Chunga, I mean, they they have their faults, uh, but um, they do. I mean, these are ser these are serious academic bodies who do have um, fairly exacting standards. In fact, I've actually been phoned by pollsters who um, who go through a very long list of um, screening questions first to make yes, sure they're doing it properly. Yes, I've, I've had that experience. They still have to phone you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they've got to contact they you have somehow. To, they have to stand at the call box at the end of the street in this day and age. Goodness they me. put three bob in the, in the machine. Fair enough. I'll tell you what, before we get on to something else, quick question for both of you. I've no idea about this. Uh, Fiona writes in SCMP, is Lysi ending with Howard Wynn's contract coming to an end? More concerns over freedom of speech. I know nothing. What do well, you know? This, is a, this is a report um, on, I believe, this originates from a report on Economic Journal's English website, which uh, was written e EJ by... EJ Insight. EJ Insight, which is written by Ben Kwok, who is a former Lysi himself. And in that, he says that Howard Wynn contract is ending will not be renewed and uh, Lycee will um, will stop after that. I, ca I can 
I've actually spoken to Howard Wynn about this, and it's true. He 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 is he is being asked to go, and it's not. I don't know whether it's entirely clear whether the column will stop, but it certainly won't be written by him. I mean, he asked the powers that be who would be his replacement, and he didn't get an answer. So maybe well, they that don't means, have to tell people that, do they? Well, they don't in, have in to general. tell people that. I mean, there's a there's the element of politeness, but you know. It's a newspaper. <laughs> Let's go to letters to the editor. Hong Kong's annual rugby extravaganza, the Hong Kong Sevens, and Rugby Week has become a sporting tradition for many in Hong Kong and those throughout the region who flock to attend. Thanks for the info. The Hong Kong Forum for Responsible Drinking wants to remind all those attending and games related to the events to celebrate responsibly. Our city takes the issue of responsible drinking very seriously, although Hong Kong has one of the lowest levels of consumption of alcohol in the world. Are you joking? That's <laughs> uh, where you we, are in Hong we Kong. Never Nevertheless, remain vigilant to prevent accidents from occurring. All well and good. Yeah. I mean, this is, this comes actually back to what Danny was saying a moment ago. You've got to be careful with satire here. <laughs> when I first read this, I thought someone was having a laugh. Because I thought, you know, hello, they're trying to take the Michael out of the Rugby Sevens, which I understand is a drinking event with some sport attached to it. <laughs> uh, and I've never understood it. There's chaps running around with the ball. It's a terribly messy thing. They usually bring on rain as well. If, if, not if this my, weekend. It's not this be weekend, but normally, <laughs> normally speaking, they have a track record of bringing on rain when they run around and get very muddy. But according to these people, the four... <laughs> It's a great name, the Forum for Responsible Drinking. And who are the people who are running the Forum for Responsible Drinking? Oh, they're drinks companies whose business involves... That is in the letter, by the way. It's in the letter, no, fair enough, it's in the letter, but their business is flogging drinks. Now, the, the, the lady who wrote this letter... She's from an up-market up, up drinks company that flogs champagne. So that, that's quite different. And, and, you know, I know champagne drinkers. They're all frightfully responsible. And, and, and some of them have been to very good schools. So we can't talk about them. But, the, but the there door. are people on that committee who come from quite common drinks companies. So basically, fair enough. Sort this of stuff you drink, I know. Phil. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> Special proof. <But laughs> now, this is, this is interesting. Very interesting. It's, quite, it, it's PR 101 for companies of industries where, you know... People are you're not the most sort of desirable. Yes. Like for instance, the tobacco industry will put out press releases saying don't buy don't buy pirated cigarettes, it's bad for you. But what they're saying is buy our stuff. Buy your ones, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what these guys are saying here and, and you know, whoever makes a decision to print this stuff has printed a PR spin. They're saying just don't give our industry a bad name, please. Uh, yeah. Print a PR spin. Yeah. I'm worried I'm worried about the drinks industry. I really am. Uh, it, it's, it's tragic. It's tragic. And the idea that people go to the sevens and indulge in drink. Oh, God. I, I'm, I, I'm shocked, as everybody else listening to this programme, to hear about that. Well, do you think they should have a gym there or something? <laughs> um, yeah, I think they should have yoga mats. <laughs> yoga, <laughs> yoga mats should be the order of the day. It's like, I tell you, it's like Viz. Anyway, I want to go to a quick email here from Mike, who's listening from Thailand. He said, um, I watched and listened with interest and hope during last year's demonstrations. Am I correct in believing that the government roped in the big companies, bus companies, to bring the injunctions against the students? Now, he's in Phuket. It may have missed some of the stuff i don't think that's fair actually i mean because in fact what was notable wasn't it steve was that some of the big companies really did stand on the um sidelines and we mentioned sun hong kai particularly who was well and and, in, and indeed the tramway companies yes. they uh, came out of it looking like stellar didn't they i mean the they were guys. their business was very no, no, badly but, affected but what they, he's they were saying is I, I, I think it is 
at least worthy of investigation whether the companies who did actually bring these injunctions had a bit of encouragement because they were quite small companies. They were very small companies, weren't they? I mean, it was. And you you wonder why they had such ready yeah. access to legal advice. You when... essentially had minibus operators and um, you know, minibus operators, and then you had Citic build, building. But even Citic building, once they'd managed to get access to their building, they left it like that. Yeah, um, they didn't want to push it further. I was very struck throughout the occupation that. Um, Sun and Kai, who were clearly losing huge amounts. They had all these car parks. That, I mean, uh, other businesses, you move somewhere else, you can't move a car park. These, these car parks would go to mm. zero occupancy. They must have been losing huge amounts. There was never even a squeak. Yeah, um, Sun and Kai did have some other, some other court, issues. court yeah. action going on at the time. Maybe that <laughs> and, diverted their attention. And, and there were other, bi- the other big operators in Admiralty Central, and you didn't, didn't see them, yes. Well, one of, the, one of the big players in this was, in fact, a China tour bus company that, to, to our knowledge, didn't even use those roads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there is, I, I think if 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 a um, listener is saying there's something with a bit of an aroma to it, he, he may well have a point. Yeah, all right then. Well, thanks very much for getting in touch, Mike. few more minutes. It's Morning Brew at rthk.hk. What have we forgotten? Can, can I just mention, because, you know, it's it's that time of the week, there's an absolutely wonderful story. Steve in, doesn't in, have a time of the month, he has a time of the week. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how it is. <laughs> it's a story from Kenya about a Chinese restaurant, Kenya, yeah. note this, that banned Africans from, <laughs> from, from going into the restaurant. And the lady who runs the restaurant is quoted as saying, well, you know, there's Africans coming in, and some Africans, you know, Kenya, anybody who's, who, there, who's yes. looked at a map might have noticed is a sort of African country. She said, you know, there's people coming in who we don't know, and they may be members of Al-Shabaab, therefore it's easier to ban all Africans. Can I just tell you what's happened to that restaurant? It's closed. <laughs> what do you know? Who knew? Well, there was that geezer in Sydney, wasn't it? The Shanghainese fellow who, 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 who kicked up about people in his restaurant. No, I, I didn't see that one. What simil- was that? Similar stuff he wouldn't serve. Well, he, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't serve, serve Australians. Australians. He's, you know, no bloody Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant oh, business strategy. I mean, as a, as a restaurateur myself, I'm I'm thinking banning all Hong Kong people. I think that, that may be the way to I go think in you future. might have the Equal Opportunities Commission on your back about that one. <laughs> yeah, I but it will take him about three years. <laughs> to, I should hope so, but I'm not confident. publicity. Though, I'm not confident that that would happen. <laughs> if, I, if I had any confidence that the EOC would act that quickly, I'd be a very happy person. Yeah. <laughs> More mirth and merriment with Steve Vine shortly. We're going to fix up next week differently because it's a holiday week. Danny, what have you got tomorrow? Well, we'll be following up on uh, C.Y. Lung's uh, Let's Go Here in this morning. As I DDLK. mentioned just now. <laughs> yes. uh, There's well, always these allusions to, to the Nazis, to DPRK, to all of the bad boys in the world. You, it just and, comes and, and remember Regina, who is still swearing blind that Hitler came to power through elections. Yes, That's what I mean. Yes, There's sure, a woman yeah. who's never read a history yeah. book. If you do have any thoughts, email us back to RTHK. I have, what I have, one thing I have to say is this, on this morning, Program, we had quite a few listeners who were supportive of C.Y. Lung's comments yesterday, saying that um, I need one one listener particularly saying, Well, the Democrats are always saying, um, let, Let's um, kick out C.Y. Lung, so why can't he say, Let's kick out the Democrats? Um, so, I mean, whatever your point of view, do put them in. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yes. Have, we got, have we got time for one more? I've just got another email here and it's been nicely written. So, um, this fellow says, I don't agree with your preemptory dismissal of the threat from Islamic extremist groups. Actually, it's quite a well known fact that various things in the past, the, the Hong Kong um, to Thailand airways and stuff, these roots have been used to practice a certain thing that happened in 2001. Yeah, they, I mean, uh, some of the, two, the September 11th bombers came, I mean. came through Hong Kong on these flights, That's they? right. Yeah. Anyway, let me carry on. Hong Kong's part of China, he says, to whom the Islamists have a strong grievance over the treatment of Muslims in mm-hmm. the western part. Islamist groups are active 
in nearby countries in the region. Hong Kong has a pool of young Muslim men who find it difficult to get employment and young women who live in difficult conditions and are thus potentially disillusioned and ripe for indoctrination. We do have the potential for emergence of homegrown cells who could take action if appropriately radicalised. I'm not saying the threat is great or imminent, but it cannot be dismissed in such a cavalier fashion. Well, can I just say that the, 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 the source of these warnings that came from Simo Lung and what have you was one leaflet, one leaflet yeah, 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 you're right circulating too. among Indonesian domestic workers. Which had been misunderstood anyway. Which had been misunderstood. Um, there's no evidence whatsoever, and I think we need to be very clear about this, that, that there's any kind of... Uh, um, extremist activity among Indonesian domestic workers. Mm. So, I mean, you know, of course, what he says is right. Yeah, yeah, you know Do what he means. Do the grounds exist for some sort of uh, problem? Yes, of course they do. Is there any concrete evidence that anything is really happening in Hong Kong? I would say no. Mm. You remember that? You remember that, Danny? Like, I, I remember, I don't know what I was doing there, but I went to some talk by some of the security bods um, that we all know, and it was like noted that the route between Hong Kong and Thailand was flown a few times. Oh, it came out in the uh, September 11th uh, commission looking into September mm -hmm. 11th. Uh, yes, definitely uh, one or two of the hijackers uh, in September 11th changed planes in um, in Hong Kong. And there was also at one stage they had a plot to hijack um, uh, planes in Asia, although I'm not sure that that would have been out of Hong Kong. So mm. certainly there were. I mean, we are, we are a big international transit hub here. Maybe not as big as we used to be. So mm. it's we're an airport with good security. I love all these people who claim to be great Hong Kong patriots. They're, they're, they're forever not ever recognising the strengths that Hong Kong has. Boy. Would you Adam and Evie? I oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>